back in the ancient time of 1998, when I was in Sunday school, our teacher asked my class which apostle of Jesus we related to most. I don't exactly recall what the other kids said, because I was too busy coloring a picture of Jesus and the Apostle Thomas to be paying attention. Finally, the teacher asked me in a soft voice, Tyler, what apostle do you look up to? I looked up at her and said, Thomas, proudly. The teacher suddenly looked shaken, her smile cracking into a frown. What? Why is that, sweetie? It almost sounded like she was afraid I was going to stand up on the table, denounce my religion, and my head would start spinning as I cackled maniacally. Why? Well, because Thomas the twin, one of the twelve apostles of Jesus, was famous for his split-second declaration of doubt. Hence, why he is often called Doubting Thomas. He declared that unless he saw the living Jesus, he would never believe. His doubt seems like the antithesis of faith, because faith requires believing without seeing. My teacher was clearly concerned I was voicing my doubts through my association with Thomas, and perhaps that would impact the way other kids viewed their own faith. But overall, this is a symptom of a larger conflict in faith. We often look at doubt as the opposite of faith, when in reality it is not. Doubt is a natural part of faith when examined. In our reading today, Mary and the disciples have already discovered Jesus was resurrected. The chapter previous to this, Jesus actually appears to the disciples, but Thomas had not been there. Instead, when he hears what the disciples said, he says, unless I see the marks of the nails in his hands and put my finger in his side, I will not believe. A week later, Jesus appears, even though the doors were shut and locked. He then speaks and offers Thomas a chance to touch his hands and his side. Thomas, however, doesn't actually need to do what he claimed. He replies with a confession of faith, my Lord and my God. Jesus then says, have you believed me because you have seen me? Blessed are, are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Throughout time, many Christian writers have scolded Thomas for his disbelief, saying he was wrong to not believe, especially after the other ten disciples told him that Jesus had risen. But I personally don't blame Thomas for having doubts. Remember that a week and a half ago, Thomas watched as Jesus was tried unfairly, beaten and whipped, 
crucified and buried. Watching a close friend and teacher die in one of the most horrific deaths possible, then taking him down, wrapping his corpse in a cloth, and putting in him in a tomb probably left a lot of mental scars on Thomas. To be fair, that's normally it when it comes to death. You say your goodbyes at the tomb, and they don't come back. So even if your friends start saying that the man you just watched die and helped bury not a week ago was alive again, of course you would question this. Of course you would want proof. Notice that Jesus does not scold Thomas for his response. He simply offers Thomas the opportunity to do what he requested, touch the wounds of Christ. I understand that in our lives, doubt can be a scary thing. We want to be confident. Doubt sometimes does feel like the opposite of faith. And I'm sure we've all met someone who has encountered doubts and walked away from their faith. But true faith does not come from being doubtless. Faith and understanding comes from facing the things that we struggle with and coming up with the answers that we hadn't had before. Parroting what others have said without examining them is not faith. It's resuscitation. Doubt allows us to examine what we believe and become stronger when we overcome the problems we've found. Finding the issues with your faith isn't a bad thing. It's being unable to reconcile your faith with those issues that is the problem. Hiding from the problems that your faith has or ignoring them doesn't help you or others that see the same inconsistencies. Faith is like climbing a mountain. It doesn't help to pretend that the mountain isn't there. In fact, it makes your journey impossible. But climbing and figuring out how to traverse it is how you overcome it. The church has a history of fearing doubt because people may come up with different answers than the ones that we agree with. But that isn't the fault of those who doubt. Doubt is a natural part of faith. It means you're growing and you're learning when confronted with things that have never occurred to you before. That is a more complete faith. Thomas may have doubted the resurrection, but that doesn't actually say much about him as a person of faith. Remember that after Thomas sees Jesus, he is one of the first disciples 
to see Jesus for who he really was when he calls out, my Lord and my God. Thomas then went outside of the Roman Empire to start a Christian movement as far as India, where he converted many, and after his, and after his death became the country's patron saint. Thomas is normally defined by his doubt, hence why he is called Doubting Thomas. But this same Doubting Thomas died a martyr's death far from home because of his unshakable faith. Friends, do not be ashamed of your questions or your times of confusion. Instead, know that you have a community of faith that surrounds you that has gone through similar struggles. Faith is a journey with ups and downs. If it wasn't, then it wouldn't be a journey at all. Be strong, ask your questions, and be open to the movements of the Holy Spirit within you. Amen.